Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's episode 62 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for pressing play on the old... uh on the old podcast button there. <laughs> um, glad you're here. We have a great show. My guest is Daniela Rua. She is one of the stars of NCIS Los Angeles. She's also a mom and about to give birth to her second child. So you guys are going to love what she has to say about uh, being a mom in showbiz. Also, take a minute, if you would, please, uh, since you already plus pressed play, <laughs> since you already pressed play uh, and subscribe to motherhood in Hollywood. That way you don't miss any episodes that are coming up. We've got some great shows in the next, uh, well, in the next three years, let's just be honest. We've got some good shows coming up, so you don't want to miss it. Take a second, subscribe to the show. And if you would please leave a review, uh, it makes such a difference. It lets me know that you guys are enjoying the content that I'm producing and working on and, um, just makes me feel good about myself all around. So take a minute and do that if you would, please. And I want to tell you guys about Up4 Probiotics. Up4 Probiotics sponsors Motherhood in Hollywood. And I'm so grateful to have Mariah and everybody back in the Up4 offices uh, cheering me on. Hey guys in Wisconsin. Woohoo. All right. So I get asked a lot, what is a probiotic? Well, I don't know if you know this, but the human digestive tract actually has trillions of bacteria inside of it. But the majority of these bacteria are good and they're called probiotics. So it's important to keep these probiotics balanced inside of your digestive tract. And the best way to do that is by using up for probiotics. If you're not keeping your probiotics and your your guts balanced and happy, it could lead to all kinds of digestive discomfort as well as a weakened immune system. So you definitely want to stay on that. Keep your gut happy get a happier inside, go and check out up for probiotics. They're available in target, or you can go to motherhoodinhollywood.com and click on the up for probiotics image. And that'll take you right to up for, and something cool is happening right now. Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Lansano. For those of you who are moms, I know you are probably familiar with Lansano products because they are a staple of the breastfeeding community. They offer all kinds of accessories and support for breastfeeding moms. And right now I'm doing a giveaway on motherhood in Hollywood. They have a brand new breast pump. It is called the smart pump and it is the first Bluetooth breast pump. That means you can use it with the Lansano baby app right from your phone. It keeps track of your feeding sessions. It keeps track of how much you're pumping. It's such a helpful tool for moms, especially when you're so sleep deprived with those little ones when they first come out. So you definitely want to take a minute and check out the Lansano giveaway I'm doing on motherhoodinhollywood.com. Enter and you could win your very own Lansano smart pump. Come on, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. How's your week going? Are you doing everything you want to be doing with your life? I have had uh, a pretty great week. I'm not going to lie. This is definitely the braggadocious part of the podcast (laughs) because I have had the opportunity this week to interview some of the most inspiring women and men. I get to interview a guy too. Um, For once on Mother in Hollywood. I have been so inspired 
that I just feel like, have you ever had one of those moments where you just feel like, oh, I want to do everything now. I want to write. I want to write music. I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to play a musical instrument. Like I'm definitely having one of those moments where I have a case of over-inspiration. More inspiration than what I have time in the day or quite frankly, the ability to implement. There's something about being in LA and being amongst so many creative people that you get very inspired very quickly. And I can't tell how many times I've thought, I'm going to be a painter. Like, I could paint, you know, because just because I went to, like, the Getty or I went to Mocha or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just get random moments of inspiration. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I get, I have to focus. I'm learning to, like, rein it in and just do one thing really well. Like this podcast. What? Totally kicking butt. Um, it really is, actually. If you haven't noticed, Motherhood in Hollywood has broken the top 200 on iTunes for the past two weeks. It kind of keeps bouncing around, you know, um, from different place to place on the on the list. But, man, that feels so good. I cannot tell you. I've put some serious blood, sweat, and tears and late night, you know, sessions into this podcast, whether it's getting great guests, researching good questions, uh, I'm all over social media. I know you guys, uh, if you follow me there, you've seen me tweeting sometimes at like two or three in the morning because I'm just up, you know, thinking, writing, whatever. So it feels really good to see the show go up in the rankings in that way, because that's sort of the only way really you can tell and, and gauge how people are doing. And that if they leave a review as well, that makes a world of difference. So for those of you who listened from the beginning, thank you. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time this week, hi and welcome to my weird world. Uh, I'm glad you're here. My guest today is Daniela Rua. She is the star of NCIS Los Angeles and a mom to a two-year-old named River and about to have, like any minute now, her second child, a little girl. And I just had the best conversation with her. She is She's so wise and so chill and she's um, has a wonderful take on what it's like to be working full time on a hit TV show and also balancing, you know, her family life. And, um, she has a really special situation and I'm excited for her to share that with you and her insights as well. So stick around for that. Don't go anywhere. Um, before we get to the interview with Daniela, I really quickly want to do my mom mention. Uh, my mom mentions over on Twitter to the couple of the people who are following me there at boss babe mama. I see you. Thank you for the follow nerd on nerd podcast. That sounds awesome. And also Andrea Yates, uh, and Chelsea and Nate day at someday picks and also Carissa Houston, just a few of the, or she's at the daily mom. No, the all day mom, excuse me. Maybe there is something called the daily mom. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for taking the time to find me at M I H podcast on Twitter or at Heather Brooker. I tweet on my Heather Brooker account sometimes too, usually more inappropriate things, but whatever. And also over on Instagram and Facebook at motherhood in Hollywood. If you want to take a minute to follow me on the social media, we can keep in touch. I'd love to hear from you too. If there are any guests that you would like me to interview, anybody that you think would be great on the show, a good fit for the show, let me hear you. I'd love to hear me hear from you. You can email me at, uh, you can email me Heather at motherhoodhollywood.com or you can tweet at me. Love it. Uh, I think that was all I want to say. Don't forget to enter. You have, this is the last week that you can enter the smart pump giveaway for Lansano. 
If you all you have to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a quick review of the show and you'll be automatically entered to win. I'm going to pick a winner at random on September 9th. That's Friday, September 9th. I will be picking a winner and you will receive a brand new Lansino Bluetooth smart pump. Pretty sweet. Okay, you guys, that's it for my mommy monologue. Uh, I want to get right to this interview with Daniela Rua. Here we go. Well, my son just started preschool um, last Monday. Um, and first day, he's like, okay, bye, mama. And I was like, really? This is it? I, okay. Um, I guess this is going to be easier than I thought. Uh, and funnily enough, I was always that kid that loved the first day of school. So I was really excited for him to start. I never thought that I would be emotional about it. And the moment he said, okay, bye, mama, and I turned away, and the teacher looked me in the eyes. She saw that I was about to get emotional. She goes, he's going to be fine. I promise you. And as soon as I turned away, I called Dave, my husband on the phone. And I was, I just totally broke down. You know, when you're strong until you hear your mother, your father, or your partner's voice just, bro- just broke down. And he's like, Oh babe, I'll be fine. And I was like, I just didn't expect myself to be emotional about it. I was excited. And then it just turned. A similar thing happened to me. I dropped my daughter off her first day. She actually started last year, um, just going part-time and I sat in the parking lot and I just cried and I <laughs> called my husband and I was like, are we doing the right thing? Am I being selfish? Like I should I keep her home with me? And then I then I realized, wait a minute, I've got some time to myself. <laughs> what? This is amazing. I can go get my nails done. I know. Well, that's well. The, the, the rest of the week has been tough for him, so he's definitely having some separation anxiety. So that's that's been tough. But I had my cry, so now I'm trying to be, you know, whatever I need to be for him to enjoy school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that first day, I got home and I had plenty to do, like clean up. I'm also, you know, very close to my due date at this point, and. And I sat down on the table, on the dining room table, and I was like, um, so what do I do now? I didn't even start. I was like looking around the house going, what, I don't what know. What do I do? So yeah. Plopping my son on the countertop in the kitchen, and he just helps me with stuff. So all of a sudden, it was like just me. <laughs> it's a weird feeling because there's a part of you when you're in the thick of parenting and working and you've got all this stuff going on and you sort of miss that me time. Like, Oh, I just need a minute to myself. And then and when you get, get it, you know, um, what do I do? I <laughs> exactly. For now. I love it. <laughs> so how long have you been, um, on your break for the show on your pregnancy leave for the show? Oh, not long, actually. Um, two weeks, maybe. This is week, I think we just started week three now. Yeah, not and long. Is, is that sort of a relief to you where you're like, oh, now I can start nesting. I can sort of start getting all my ducks in a row for baby number two. And Yeah, I had slowly started before. Um, I sort of do things bit by bit. Um, so, And plus, all of River's furniture is what we're using for her. So he got a new big boy room. So my concern was making sure that he was, he was settled in before baby comes along because I didn't really have to buy anything for her um, when it came to crib or, you know, a dresser that matches, all that. Yeah, I just sort of bought tidbits to make it more, more of a feminine room because obviously him being a boy, we did the stereotype, you know, blues. Um, it was whites and grays and for her we're doing um same furniture which is gray and then just having black and white with accents of pink because i'm not a super feminine mom um but i you know want to acknowledge that i'm having a girl <laughs> i know no totally there's a part of you that's like um and some people are super into that they want pink everywhere they want you know the the bows and ribbons and all that that's not really my vibe either 
but then she came along and she is such a girly girl my daughter <laughs> loves she wants to wear her ballerina dress to the park to play soccer to sword fight like i mean i'm like it's <laughs> for, sword for her sword fighting her pretend sword fighting with her mickey mouse uh glow stick or whatever and it's just so funny to me how girly she is she always wants her hair up and you just never know what kind of personality they're going to have because I'm not like that at all. I'm sweatpants, no makeup, casual all the time. I think it was pretty girly when I was very young and then sort of transitioned into being more of a tomboy but still like to brush my hair type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I always played well with, with boys and girls and knew how to adjust myself appro- accordingly. I think the the bows and the pinks and the tutus, if she is so inclined, my husband will probably have more trouble with that than me. Really? <laughs> Yeah, he's, everybody keeps telling us, like, oh, she'll have him wrapped around his finger, and he's going to love having a daughter, and I have no doubt. But for the time being, I think he's a little, like, I'm not entirely sure what, what to, to do. do with and a say, girl. Oh, you wipe from front to back. That's <laughs> yeah. the one major that's difference. The big, that's a big one. Yeah, and everything else is you do the same thing. You know, my husband would balance River on his hand when he was, like, four months old, and River would stand up straight on his hand, and I said, you're going to do the same thing with her, and you're going to plop, you know, throw up in the air, and just do everything you did with River because it really is no different. And, it you know. isn't. Yeah. I mean, I think when they get older, like the teen years and preteen years, when they have to start buying bras and you have to start talking about, you know, the, the, the time of the month and all that. Yeah. <laughs> that's when he might be like, whoa, wait a minute. But right now they're just so fun. And they're like, it's so yeah. great to watch them be as adventurous as the little boys are. And, yes. um, and it's, yeah, it's a really fun time. Are you, uh, so what is your like biggest expectation for pregnancy number two? Are, do you feel like you're more prepared for this one or are you just like, you yeah. know, what do I need to do? It's been, they, they were both great pregnancies with sort of, um, um, what's the word? Not even, the right word's not even difficulties, but like with my, with my son, you know, it was a breeze all the way through. And then I remember feeling the end of the pregnancy more than I do now. While with her now, the beginning of the pregnancy was morning sickness and, um, was a little harder and then it got easier. And so far, as I said, I'm pretty close to my due date and I still feel pretty good. Um, so they've just been kind of different pregnancies. I think, I think with the second one, you just know to expect the unexpected. Um, and, you know, it's like when you start feeling those Braxton Hicks, which I feel quite strongly because I exercise and that's when they tend to come on more. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that I get them. It doesn't weird me out anymore. It's not like, oh, my gosh, is this a real contraction? No, it's just a Braxton Hick. It, it's fine. You know, so it's like you just – I think with birth, too, the expectation of birth is expect the unexpected. And it doesn't – first time around, maybe I was slightly nervous, didn't really know. It's like I have this plan. I hope it works out the way I want it to. And now I'm like, yeah, I have a plan, but – We'll see what happens. <laughs> what are you doing to stay healthy? Are, do you have like a regular fitness regimen? I do. Um, I do have a regular fitness regimen, but I also, you know, acknowledge the fact that I'm heavily pregnant and there are just days where you don't want to push yourself and you don't have to do that. You know, I would push myself more not being pregnant. Like you don't feel like going, but just go to the gym anyway. You know, you'll, you'll be, you'll might not work out as hard, but you'll be happy you went. Right. Well, when I'm pregnant, it's like, no, you know what? I'm just, I'm feeling a little extra tired today. So I'm just going to stay put. Um, I think it's my body more pregnant than not pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then having a, having an older 
kid, you know, that also conditions the way you feel. So if he happens to have a, a nightmare and he wakes up three times the night before, then the next day I'm going to be exhausted. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's not, the, the variables are not only dependent on me anymore, but I definitely work out. I definitely, um, go on long walks. You know, as I said, my, my, my son's school is about a mile and a half from home. So what we like doing is, you know, my husband will take us all in his car and then he'll take off for work and I'll walk back home. Um, just so I can get that little extra little piece yeah. of exercise in. And then my husband's also really good about eating healthily and reading a lot about that stuff. We both are. And so, you know, our green smoothie every morning that he makes from scratch and, um, we make sure I, yeah, the greens, the folic acids, and also the more variety I eat, the more varied her palate's going to be. And and to us, it's, our son is proof of that. He has the most varied palate I've ever known in a two and a half year old. Oh, I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> but, but but it's I don't know. I don't know if it was what I ate during breastfeeding or during pregnancy, or if we just be. like introduced him to a bunch of stuff early on. And even if he didn't like it, we would keep trying until he would like it. You know, it's like this morning he had my husband. Or we had pancake batter from the weekend, and we made some of that. And he had a couple pancakes, and then he was like pulling basil leaves off the plant we have in the kitchen and just shoving those in his mouth. Carrots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> every every night, my husband makes something called golden milk, and it's almond milk with turmeric, pepper, honey, and cinnamon. And it's supposed to be sort of like um, uh, for one, I think the cinnamon is is has some sort of calming effect, like it's quite nice. Um, but also the combination of those things are, uh, what's the word? Um, anti-inflammatory. And so my husband takes very good care of himself and all that stuff. And I personally don't love the flavor. My husband definitely doesn't love the flavor, but he drinks it anyway. But my son just sort of downs it. And we're just like, it's fine. It's all healthy ingredients. Do it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm so jealous to hear when I hear you say that because I have to fight my three-year-old to get her to eat something besides a roll or like <laughs> mac and cheese. I'm like, please eat something other than bread. And, and I will like, I do the whole offering her different stuff and then she'll go, no, thank you. No, thank she you. Polite? She's polite about it, but she literally like, I don't want dinner. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm so jealous to hear you say that. That's great, though. I think that's really smart to try to start introducing stuff to them early on. Yeah, for sure. But but the in utero and the breastfeeding make a huge difference. Like everything mom consumes the ba- that influences their palate later on. Is River uh, ready for baby sister? I think so. He's really excited. He kisses my belly and he, he's like, can I see her? And um you know, we don't have a name for her yet. So we're like, River, what's, what's her name going to be? What do you think? And he just goes, baby sister Olsen or <laughs> something. Like but when people come by the house, he's just like, do you want to see my baby sister's room? And he spends a lot of time in her room. Oh, really that is so sweet. Um, so, yeah, I think he's ready. I think there'll be the normal transition when she actually comes along and he realizes how much less of me he's going to get, at least in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, you know... We're very fortunate that Dave has a schedule that allows him to be very present with River. So it's not going to be a shock of like, why am I spending so much time with dad now? Because he already spends so much time with oh, both of us. Good. It's yeah. not going to be weird that it's only dad, I think. Um, so. I want to ask you, when you decided to have a baby, when you decided to become parents, was that a difficult decision for you as an actress? I mean, you and your husband both, was that, especially because you're both in the industry, did you have hesitation? Like, will we continue to work? Will our schedules be uh, changed too dramatically? 
Because I know yeah. a lot of parents, especially a lot of actors, think about that. They worry about that. I think if I were in season one or two of our show and you just, you're still sort of insecure as to whether you're going to have another season, if you're going to stay on the show, I think we would have had to think harder about it. Um, on the other hand, I can safely say there's never a good time to have a child. Like you just need, you feel emotionally and physically ready to have a kid and you have the right person that you want to do that with, then you should do it because nobody makes space in their life for a kid when there is no kid. So, you know, there's no perfect time. However, you know, for us, again, we were very fortunate logistically, our lives were in a place, you know, where I had been on a show for five years at that point. River was born in season five of our show and now she'll, she'll be born in season eight. Um, so after five years of being on a show that's still doing well with the audience, you know, my character is more than established at that point. It didn't seem like a risk of job, a job security risk. Like they were going to be like, you know what? We're done with you. Does that, do you think that that still happens in Hollywood? Yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, I, I know that I have a few friends who are in their late twenties or early thirties who are still hesitant about having kids because of the career situation, but they're also jumping from job to job. You know what I mean? Um, in my case, I, they, they make a plan. I appreciate all my scenes, you know, which means that when the audience watches the episodes, I'm present in every episode, even though I'm out for, you know, 12 weeks or whatever it is. So they make it work. I still get my paycheck. So there's a different security, but for some of my friends, you know, like I said, they're jumping from job to job. So I understand why that hesitation would still be there. But yeah, I agree with you. On the other hand, you know, motherhood is, is gaining strength. Like it's, it's, um, it's not like, Oh, you're a mom. Now your career is over. Right. I think that's necessarily the case anymore. There's always that fear that, that there's more of a concern there for women as always, you know, than men, like a a man would not have to worry about losing his job necessarily if his wife got pregnant or if he was about to become a father. So it's such, there's so much pressure and a lot more on the line. I feel like for women in the entertainment business, especially actresses, um, yeah. And I don't want to like speak, uh, tell tales out of school, but that's just my opinion. It's just sort of what I've noticed. You know, I've, I, but you're not wrong. I just, I just think that each case is its own case. Yeah. And, um, I understand why the fear of being fired or the fear of, of not getting a job is implanted in our brains yeah. early on. That's um, a, that's a big know, one. Yeah. It is a big one. You know, it's, it's, I think an old school mentality is almost like, okay, you've become a mom. Maybe now you're damaged goods and you're not as usable anymore. You can't be sexy because you're a mom. It's like, that is bull. Yes. S-H-I-T. <laughs> you <laughs> can not, swear no. on my show if you want. I swear oh, all the time. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> it um, is bullshit. <laughs> uh, but it's also, it's also not a mentality that I've come across very much in this day and age. As you say, I think women and, and moms, you know, there, we have a long way to go with, with a lot of improvement with how um, women are envisioned and mothers are envisioned. Um, but I think there has been an improvement. You know what? I, now that I was pregnant, it's like I, I may look at pictures and, and, and change my mind, but there were plenty of occasions during my pregnancy this time where I was like, I feel strong. I feel sexy. I feel wantable, you know? And 
you know, and, and, and uh, I don't feel fragile. Even everybody's like, would you like to sit? And which I'm like, no, I feel good. I want to stand. I want to wear a tight dress. I do. I want to show my curves off. I'm, I'm excited about my butt being bigger. And she should be excited. Pregnant women are beautiful and powerful and sexy. And I love that Daniela has that kind of confidence and she's sharing it with us. So we're going to get back to that interview in just a second. But I want to tell you guys a little more about Up4 Probiotics. Up4 has been a part of our family for the past, I would say, almost six or seven months now. And in particular, we use their Kids Cubes. They have a special Kids Cubes formula of their probiotics that's designed just for kids. They also have a children's uh, probiotic formula as well. And in fact, they offer probiotics for everyone from age uh, in. And they offer a probiotic for everyone from infants to senior citizens. So if you're curious about probiotics and have always wanted to try to increase your health gut, and get a healthier gut, go to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Up4 probiotics image, and that will take you right to Up4 where you can find out more about their specially trademarked probiotic super strain. What amazing. They're also available in your local Target store. So the next time you're at Target picking up your pantyhose, you can also stop by the supplement aisle and pick up some probiotics. Go and check that out. Also want to talk to you guys a little bit more about Lansino. Lansino's brand new Bluetooth smart pump is the only one of its kind. It syncs up with the Lansino baby app so that you can keep track of your feedings, how much you're pumping, all kinds of useful information that new moms and breastfeeding moms want to keep track of, but maybe you're too tired or you just uh, don't have the time to go grab the pen and paper and jot stuff down. This is a great tool for breastfeeding moms to be able to do that. And I'm giving one away. All you have to do is subscribe to Motherhood and Hollywood podcast on iTunes, leave a quick review in the iTunes store, and you're entered to win. There you go. The last day to enter is September 9th. That's when I'll be announcing the winner, winner chicken dinner. And to find out more information about Lansano, go to motherhoodandhollywood.com and click on the Lansano image. And thanks for listening to Motherhood in Hollywood and thanks for supporting my sponsors. We have to talk about your jumping because it is amazing. (laughs) I was telling my trademark. Oh my gosh. I was looking at that picture like, are you kidding me? That's incredible. And you do it, but you do it quite a bit with the with the jumping yeah. and I literally was like man when I was pregnant I had to be like rolled off the couch but I could not <laughs> jump <laughs> so, I, it I mean like the picture amazing. that you guys that you have um I think that was kind of in the beginning of the pregnancy anyway I did it recently at about I don't know 34 weeks or something and as I was about to do it I was like oh gosh please water don't break right now <laughs> Or not even water, but just like pee a little. That's what I would be afraid of. (laughs) You change and you clean. That part's fine. I was just like, oh gosh, I'm not ready. This baby's not ready to come yet. I just hope that me doing this jump isn't going to bring on labor early. That was my concern. Because my son was early. My son was born at 37 weeks. Um, not because I was jumping. It's just my <laughs> <body was> broke. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a fun little thing. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for most pregnant women. It just may not be safe. Um, but, you know, I know my body. I know what I'm capable of doing. I don't think I'll do it now until after the baby. 
It's pretty <laughs> impressive, lady. I got to say, I, it's very impressive. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit then about um, the next season of the show. So obviously you're out on maternity leave. Oh, wait, no, wait. I want to ask you this other question before I forget. So when I was doing my research or stalking my guests like I do, um, <laughs> I read a lot about everybody that's on my show. You should. I, that's good. I saw, were you in a movie called Safe Haven? Uh, yes, that was a short film that yeah. I did living in. Do you know someone on that movie? No, I just, I watched the clip of your birth scene in that movie and I was going to ask you, I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Where going for this? I forgot there was a birth scene. There was a birth scene and it is on the internet. And I was going to ask you like how that felt because obviously you had not had your kid at that point. But like, do you look back and, and think, man, I would do that birth scene differently? Or if you... Oh gosh, <laughs> day and night. And I'll tell you why. One, at that point, I had not done enough reading about what birth could be like or mm -hmm. what it's like. All I had as a reference was what I'd seen in movies. What you've seen in movies, yeah. Right. And actually, so I'm glad that you actually brought that up because um, there's one thing, at least in this country, in the U.S., um, that is drilled into women from the moment that you are aware of pregnancy and stuff like that, which is birth hurts. You know, women scream when it's happening. Um, you know, and this is regardless of epidurals or no epidurals. Mm -hmm. This is just simply like birth is, is aggressive on your body and it hurts and women scream when it happens. And you flail wildly you and flail hysterically. Wildly and like all this stuff. And that, and, you know, and so you kind of go into it almost like I'm getting pregnant. I'm so excited. Once the baby's in there, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now the baby has to come out. Oh, my God. I don't want. Oh, my God. This is going to be so scary when it happens. You know, contractions are supposed to be awful and they hurt so much. And now I'm doing all this research and reading. And for one, I'm pretty sure in that movie that this girl would have probably had an epidural. So that's one that she would be screaming because I had an epidural with my with my son and I was Skyping my dad very comfortably. Um, I was like, yo, dad, they said I'm at 10. I'm ready to push, just waiting for the doctor to get here. And he's like, oh, good. Okay, call me when you're done. Oh, my gosh. So, so definitely no screaming or shouting or panicking. No um, flailing or anything. Yeah. And then um, and the first time around, my intention was to, to birth him naturally without any drugs. Um, and then it turned out I had to get induced. And anyway, it led up to getting an epidural eventually. And now with this second birth, I plan on trying for the same thing. I would love to have my daughter naturally. Um, but, you know, I'm reading um, Ina May's birth guide to child birth, Ina May's book guide to childbirth. And the biggest lesson she's trying to teach whoever reads this book is you're not supposed to be afraid or listen to these awful negative stories before you go into it. You know what I mean? Like our bodies are for this. You, you cannot possibly believe that, you know, that we were designed to suffer so much. And so I think, you know, there's a mind and body connection. And so when you disconnect the mind from the body, which is what culture teaches us to do in this day and age, um, especially when it comes to birth, then there's a disconnect. And when you are focused and in it and go into your most primal self, it's not, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, but, but it's, it's, it's not meant to be the awful experience that people describe it to be. Um, and so I'm currently trying to put myself in a much different mental state than I was the first time around. In fact, I think I needed to get Pitocin the first time. Now I realized because I was contradicted from the first moment, my water broke and I didn't have contractions. My doctor said, 
in a certain amount of hours, you have to be here so we can induce you. And I was like, I don't want to get induced. And so I was already closing up my body to it opening up. To reject up. it, to say, no, I'm not going right. to do this right now. Yeah, exactly. I felt negative about it from the first moment because I didn't, I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't agreeing with what my doctor wanted. Um, do you feel more empowered this go around then? Is that how you you feel like you've got more of a, a, a handle on what you want to do and how you want to go into this birth? Yeah, I do. I'm also, as I said in the beginning of this interview, I'm expecting the unexpected, but I'm definitely going in with a different mindset and, um, I have a different physician this time around. Um, some, um, yeah, my first doctor, I feel like she was great, but she was very conservative with what she wanted to do. She was very quick to jump to the inducing thing. And this doctor, um, he, he at some point in time supported home births, which is not my intention. I don't want to do that. That doesn't make me feel safe. Um, but the fact that he supports that, you know, to me indicates his open mindedness to, to doing this as naturally as possible. So when he tells me that, you know, Hey, I really believe we need to induce, or I, I think we need to do some sort of procedure. I'm going to trust him because I already know that his background is one of being a, letting the woman do what she's built to do first. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely going in with a different mindset and a different trust in my doctor, which is a huge deal. But um, yeah, it's important to eliminate that fear. And and so when I did that movie and I did that scene, for one, I was pretty young. Um, and yeah, I really had no idea. I was just doing what I'd seen in movies growing up, which is not so accurate. I, I think that's going to continue to happen. Like, and I don't know why the, the, um, the stereotypical birth that we see in comedies, you know, it is funny. Like the scene in knocked up, you know, is, was yeah. really funny. The birthing scene, all that stuff, you know, we laugh about it, but like, uh, I wonder if, if an actual portrayal of birth is less interesting, maybe that's why it doesn't get, you know, <laughs> I disagree entirely. I really think that it has everything to do with a preconcepted idea of what it is or what it should be. Um, I've watched a lot of births online, um, because it, it, to me, the more I watch something, the more you, um, lose sensitivity to it. And I don't want that image in my head to be as shocking as it was when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? And it's not anymore. Now I'll watch a birth and, you know, it's, I find it a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but again, you know, basing myself on Ina Mae Gaskin, I saw her documentary. Um, and there's a lot of birth scenes in there, even vaginal breech births, um, which is something that we're trying to eliminate again in this country. And, you know, there's, there are very few doctors that still do that, a vaginal breech birth. And rather than use those doctors who are so knowledgeable to teach the next generation, they're saying it's almost an automatic C-section if you're breech, which is, yeah, which I, which I find, again, so unfair to take away the power of choice from the mother. Is it more risky? Perhaps. Um, but again, I don't believe that every mother and every child in the history of birth have died with a breech baby. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's true. You I know, think a lot so of doctors are really quick to to do the C-section because they don't want to get sued. But unfortunately it is so easy to get sued here. So, um, I understand why it's a prevalent thought process. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're trying to protect themselves. I would like to think that the, the driving factor is the health of, of the baby and the mom. But I think that's a big part of it too, that they don't, they just don't want to get sued. They don't want a lawsuit, you know, well, it's also business. You just, you need to make sure that you trust your doctor. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. If you trust your doctor, then when they make a decision, 
you need to go with that and feel comfortable with it. Um, I wanted to ask you then, so what happens now for you um, on the show? You get to take a break. Do you get like a standard maternity leave through the state? Is there certain, um, like how does that work with uh, actors who are on a series? Is it through SAG Uh, that you get your maternity leave? uh, No, um, not really. No, my um, producers, our executive producer um, and showrunner, um, Scott Gemmel, who's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. I love him. He wrote my whole story arc for my first pregnancy and for this pregnancy. Um, and he's so brilliant and so funny. And um, he just came to talk to me. He's like, how much time do you think you need? And I said, well, with River, you guys gave me six weeks before and six weeks after he was born. And and I feel like that was, you know, that worked for me because I also get to bring the baby to work with me. So I don't, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How is that? What is that like, um, with them on set? Do you have, well, obviously I'm sure you have some help there with you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, here, let me just set the baby in the corner for a second while I go over with my gun. Just ask our hair and makeup department to take care of the baby while I'm running after bad guys. Um, no, no, I have, I have an amazing nanny, um, who will come with me to work. Um, and they, for the most part, stay in the trailer because at six weeks, obviously, babies are still quite susceptible to catching stuff. So there's limited interaction with other people. Um, and I have, you know, production gave me a big trailer when I had River. Um, I was sharing a trailer with Eric, and then they gave me sort of like a, a, a bigger one when I had the baby to accommodate all the, you know, equipment. And oh, pump- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I would need to do. Um, and so the, you know, it's just, we're just sort of following the same protocol as before. It worked really well. And, um, yeah, it was, it was always a discussion involving me. Um, and yeah, I'm so thankful. It's a very family oriented show and the way they've treated me the first time and this time around is, is more than proof of that. You know, it's like, look at what I do, not what I say, but they, they practice what they preach. And I really appreciate it. I love hearing that. I just watched a documentary called Showrunner. I don't know if you've noticed it. Did you see that? I I loved it. I was fascinated by just how much work showrunners actually have to do. And I love how they were all like, we, why anybody would want to do this on purpose? We have no idea, but they do it because they love it and they love making TV and, you know, and all that stuff. So I think that's really nice to hear that your showrunner, it was, is so supportive and, oh. um, you know, is he a family man as well? Absolutely. He, um, he's got, I mean, his sons are grown up now. They're in their early to mid twenties. Um, he's got two sons. Um, they've both actually worked on our show before in post-production. His wife is, beautiful and kind and sweet they both came to my wedding as well um and were just so much fun and um yeah like i said family oriented show people treat each other with respect and kindness and um and i'm totally spoiled for whatever next job comes along because i hear horror stories from some other people you know on other shows not not in terms of maternity but just you know they don't they I don't get the same give and take respect that, that I feel that we have on our show. Um, we're really a tight knit family. It's going to be very tough whenever the show is over. And I want to talk to you about a little bit about the family aspect of your show. And a lot of people, you know, may or may not know this if they're fans of yours and they're fans of the show, but you're, you actually work with your family. <laughs> you know, your husband is there. Your brother-in-law is there. Tell me a little I bit about my that. My family was formed on the show. On the show. Right. Well, I- 
<laughs> I I I think that is so wonderful. Like you get to see your, the people you love most in the world every day. Like that's mm-hmm. such a great spot to be in. Yes, yes, it is. Um, the so I joined the show during the pilots, and then at the end of season one, um, Eric Christian Olson, who plays Deeks, my partner in crime or solving it, mm-hmm. um, we you know became colleagues and then good friends and we spend a lot of time together on set you know sometimes it's like 12 plus hours a day just yeah. him doing scenes and you know you talk you talk a lot you get to know each other and eventually we became friends and he's definitely a confidant um and then one day he's just like you know you should really meet my brother you guys would be a good fit he likes brunettes with big shoulders and you like guys with muscles and I was like huh how's that match <laughs> Clearly, so, you're meant to be. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, brunettes with shoulders match guys with muscles. Um, but uh, but evidently, he told his family and his brother, you know, this 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 is you know she's the one for Dave and all this stuff. He may not have used those words exactly, but I was told post dating him that the family was already very aware of what he was trying to do and set us up <laughs> even before. <laughs> Um, so I don't know, you know, you never really take those things seriously. You're like, sure, I'll meet him one day. We'll see what happens, you know? Um, and yeah. And then was I, it love at first sight or was it like, mm, let me think you know about what? it. I don't think it's love at first sight. I oh, think no. No, I don't. I think you can have passion or infatuation at first sight, attraction at first sight for sure. But I think love is built. I don't know if I love someone until I've seen them go through ups and downs. And I want to see how they handle that. And if you handle that in a way that I find respectable, and you know, then somehow that turns into a lifelong love. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that I'm speaking of emotions in a very logical way. <laughs> but it's only because I'm just describing my own path through my past relationships. You know, I fall in love with someone when... I, you know, I've, see, I've been in situations where I thought I loved someone and then they had a huge dip in their life and they handled it very poorly in my opinion. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if you're the person to be raising my kids. Yeah. You know, because you always have to have that in consideration. At least I did. There has to be a respect there too. Like if you don't respect the way somebody is behaving, then you definitely cannot love them. That's what I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I need to know what, role model is going to be in front of my future kids. So um, family anyway. has always been something you've thought about, something something you've wanted Absolutely. to have. Yeah, for sure. You know, my parents did, my parents got divorced when I was 10 going on 11. And I feel like I'm very lucky because they didn't ruin marriage for me in spite of getting divorced. And I think a lot of kids of divorced parents kind of have this... Um, like a chip on oh, their shoulder or... Yeah, like I'll have kids, but I'm not sure if I ever want to get married. Right. You know, right. And, and I definitely went through that phase at some point where marriage wasn't as significant to me as having kids was, um, which is such a much bigger commitment. So it's, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but they they didn't ruin it for me. You know, I, I I met the person that I thought I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, and they were both supportive. Both my parents are remarried. They got remarried, I think within the same year, they were divorced for like 15 years before they got married again. Um, but they, they have a very healthy relationship. They made sure of that for me, but also, you know, my family goes back generations. My two grandmothers were in Girl Scouts together. Aww, you know, nice. my dad 
was a medical student of my mom's dad, who was a professor when my dad was in, you know, med school. So it's just there's too much of a of a intertwined of respect and love. Love. Are you an only child? From my parents, yes. I have a 10-year-old brother from my dad's wife. Yeah. And I love him. He's a great kid. Great kid. Um, he's, yeah, he's 10. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, I want a sibling. I want a sibling. My parents are like, we're trying, we're trying. just doesn't work out. Then they get divorced. And I'm like, well, that's it then. Probably yeah. no siblings. And then I'm 23. And my dad's like, so you're going to have a brother. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Awesome. Oh my gosh. So awesome. Talk about major was- adjustments. I'm an only child too. And I think I would have, um, uh, if my mom had said that, I would have been like, ew, who are you having sex with? Stop it. <laughs> gross mom like ew I don't want to (laughs) know no I mean I wouldn't want to know details for sure (laughs) you know what it makes me very happy when people your parents or your grandparents you know it makes me happy that they may be still having an active sexual life like it's healthy I don't have any like weird stuff I don't have I don't have a lot of filters As an actor, though, you probably shouldn't and, you know, can't really. Like, most actors are, are very filterless, and we just sort of say what we want and have our feelings out there. Um, okay, no. So when I, okay, when I say lack of filters, I mean in terms of, you know, I don't have that, ew, thinking of, you know, <laughs> your family members doing it, ew. I, I, I don't have that. I'm happy for them if they're doing that because it means their relationships are working and they're healthy, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think sex is a huge part of a relationship. Um, and, um, but, but as a person, I have filters, you know, I, <laughs> I, like to, I like people around me to not feel like I'm crazy or just say anything that comes out, you know, whatever comes pops That's in my mind. Good. Um, That's but good. I, funnily enough, I am at my most uncomfortable in any scene when it, turns sexual, even though I'm very comfortable with it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because recently those kind of scenes have been with my brother-in-law. It's right. not it's done beforehand. I, I just, I don't like doing those scenes. I don't, I'll flirt, I'll banter, I'll, you know, have a fight. I'll, I'll go through all sorts of emotions. But when it comes to physical physicality, I don't know. I have, I, I have trouble. Ask you how that, how that, what that's like. If it's a strange feeling to be like, "Hey, brother-in-law," like, or do you just have to put it out of your mind and go? Well, no, I know, I know. <laughs> you don't just go, "Hey, bro-in-law, what's up?" Yeah. Well, the good thing for us is that we're obviously both in the same boat. You know, I can't say either one of us are interested in doing these scenes with each other, but we're both on the same boat when it comes to being faithful to these characters and faithful to the show and faithful to the people who've been watching the buildup of this relationship for eight years now. Um, so I think that if we were to refuse to do certain scenes, we'd be doing a huge disservice to ourselves and the characters. So, um, our job kind of comes first when it comes to that. Um, Eric's wife, Sarah is an amazing actress. So she understands what goes into it and she knows we're not (laughs) You know, not something that we want to be doing, but it's also just not discussed. You know, we just, we do it. It's like the scene is this action, do the scene, cut. Great. What do we need to improve? How can we do this? You know, and Eric and I talk a lot about, um, the scenes and, and suggest things to each other, him to me more than me to him. Um, but his, you know, suggestions are almost always right. He makes, uh, he, he makes her very, um, honest scenes, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. 
that's really great to hear. And I love that you guys communicate so well, especially if you have to be intimate with each other. You have to be able to to be comfortable communicating and your family too. Like that's so, that's just so lovely. Um, and I, and you and Sarah are really good friends. Did I see that too? You guys are best friends. I think that is so cool. And you both, um, did she just have a little girl there that she delivered yet or. Yeah, she has a, um, Esme is two weeks old, two and a half weeks weeks old. Right. Yeah. Esme, yeah, she's she's so cute. Oh my gosh, she looks a lot like my nephew when he was born, Wyatt. Um, and she's a strong little thing. She's two weeks old and she's lifting her head up on tummy time already. Oh, it's wow. crazy. She was an eleven pound baby. Oh wow! Yeah, delivered naturally. There you go. Good for her. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, See, that's me- another thing too is kind of having your your village of women. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it sounds like you've got like such a great support system around you. And that's really important, especially when you're pregnant and especially when you're in this business where it can feel like you're isolated at times because we're all essentially freelancers. You know, you don't know how long you'll be on your show. And, you know, if you get a movie, you know, you're only going to be there for a few months and we're all kind of waiting for the next gig to come around. So I think it's great that you have such a wonderful support system around you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not just, um, it's not just Sarah. Um, my, um, neighbor who lives on the same street as me, I say neighbor because she's there, but, um, her and her husband have been friends with, Dave and Eric for many years. In fact, the three husbands used to live together at some point. And she also had her first and her second, you know, in the same time frame as Sarah and I had our first and second. So that, you know, then there's a fourth friend who's on the same boat. So when you have, you know, a village of people around you, which which for a long time I didn't, and then obviously over time you meet people and then we were, it was really good that we were all in the same place as couples um, at the same time, you know, especially with my sister-in-law just because, we talk so much and, um, you know, we have different backgrounds and we do things differently in our lives, obviously, because we're different people, but it's really cool to bring, you know, bits and pieces of information from our own lives into each other. Yes, baby. Um, so yeah, I love, I love having that support system. And she runs this great, um, website called your Zen mama. Oh, cool. Your Zen mama. It's a very cool blog. Um, her and uh, Teresa Palmer, another actress. Um, there, you might actually like to talk to them. Yeah, I've, uh, Teresa Palmer. That name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, she's an Australian actress who lives here in the U.S. Um, yeah. And they're very Zen, very natural oriented mothers. Um, uh, yeah, your Zen mama. You should check it out. Oh, like it. I will. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So tell me. Last question. Then. So tell me. Do you have any like advice or any, you know, um, tips you can give to other mama actors who, um, either have just had their kids or maybe they're struggling to try to make it work? Like what, what would you say to those moms who are like, I want to be an actor, but I'm, you know, I also love my family. It's all about the balance, I guess. But, uh, I would say family is forever. Each individual job is not. Um, so you might want to use that as, you know, uh, how to prioritize. Um, another thing too is, like I said earlier in the interview, there's never a good time to have a baby because you're always going to book yourself up with stuff. You know, nobody makes space for a child until they have one. Um, so if you feel like you're ready in your life that you want to do it, then go ahead and and reproduce. (laughs) It's an amazing feeling. I also think it gives you, um, 
an emotional experience that you're not going to get in any other situation. Um, Has it changed your perspective at all, like on how you act and the way you approach your role? I think I can tap into my feelings a lot faster now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, yeah, it's weird when you're, you know, when you're 40 years old and your mom says, put a jacket on outside and you're like, mom, I'm 40, give me a break. <laughs> that means something to me now. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, I'm never not going to tell River and our little girl not to bundle up outside. And right here. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a connection with your emotions that happens, which could be a very valuable thing as an actor, you know, it's just, you're just adding, hey, hi, right here. My son's on my lap right now, post-nap. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's so cute. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the show. I know that, um, there's going to be even more wonderful things ahead for you. And I say that cause I have a three-year-old little girl and it is literally just the What's her best. Name? We're looking for names. Her name's, her name is Channing actually. That's cool. Like Channing that. Noel is her name and she's just my pride and joy. And we have so much fun together. She goes to auditions with me and she's, <laughs> see, she's such a pro at it now. She'll help me sign in and the sign in sheet and She'll go in the room and sit down in the chair and wait. And um, I'll never forget. There was one time a few months ago we were walking out of the audition, and she goes, "Good job, mommy." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And I'm just like, "Oh." That's another thing too. I think your story is actually a perfect example of this. Um, when we got pregnant with River, my husband and I made the decision that you know he was going, or we made the decision based on someone else's advice. And they were like, we didn't change a thing about our lives when we had our daughter because we just brought her with us. So she grew up in an environment exactly. where what we were doing and had to do, uh, Rocky Carroll actually from NCIS, him and his wife, they have a daughter. And he said that, he's like, you know, she's really good with adults and she sits at the table like a lady. Yeah. And she was like eight or nine at the time when I met her, I think. But like you take your daughter to auditions. Like that's her normal is spending time with mom and knowing how to sit quietly in the room while you're you know, in the waiting room while you're in the room auditioning, you know, and just like him, River just recently came on to set with me. He knows when that bell rings, you don't make a sound. Right. To wait it's until they call they, the Yeah, they, they learn that this is just, this is what mommy and daddy do. This is their job. Yeah. And, you know, I get, and she gets to go to work with me and she gets excited about going to auditions because usually it means we're going to have some special treat after or something for right. fun. Like, <laughs> especially because I'm always driving to Santa Monica. It feels like every audition is happening in yeah. Santa Monica. So I'm like, oh, while we're here, we'll just hang out for the day. Uh, yeah. But no, that's absolutely very right. Valuable, little, very malleable and adaptable. So um, that's another thing too. Is just because you have a baby doesn't mean you know that you, your life stops. Just bring your right. baby with you. Exactly. Yeah. I wit. Uh, thank you for saying that. I'm, there's there's <laughs> so many mom friends who listen to this podcast who get very nervous and anxious and feel like they're not going to be they're not going to do a good job or that casting is going to look down on them in some way if they have to bring their child with them. And I'm like, I, that has not been my experience at all. And I hope I want to encourage them to know, like, this is your baby. And like you said, family is forever. This business, you know, will be very fleeting, (laughs) unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, that's actually something that, um, our previous showrunner Shane Brennan said to me, um, right after I had river, he, he goes, um, when are you having your second? I said, well, you just went through a lot of logistical issues. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want me to go there? <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you asking me that? He, and he was the one who said, he's like, this isn't forever. Your kids are forever. You know, this in 10 years time is going to be a, a, a wonderful memory. Um, yeah. 
not your whole life or reality. And I was like, that's completely true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, I'm like I said, I'm so grateful for you taking the time to chat with me today. I think you have such a wonderful story and I'm really excited for everyone to listen to it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Heather. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you guys, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. See you next week. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.